Hello and welcome to the Shock Horror Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to the Shock Horror Podcast. I am your host, Keith Andrew, that is me. And I'm currently sitting here with a mince pie and a hot chocolate. And I'm just here to talk to you today about a few of my favourite scary movies. And I hope that you will get in touch with us or get involved in the show and talk about a few of your favourite scary movies, because that would be fun. So, as you can hear, I am Sans, the lovely Shani B. She is um, otherwise engaged at the cinema, watching The Banshees of Inishman? Inishrun? Inishrin. I always think it's Inishman because of he uh, Martin Madonna's plays. They're all set in um, Inishman, the islands in Ireland. I'm not going to do the accent. Um, so, yeah, that's why I always think that that's what the film is called. But it's not. It's Inishrin, starring the amazing Colin Farrell and Brand- Brendan Gleeson. I always try to not to say Brendan Fraser, but um, yeah, amazing. So yeah, I am Sons, the great Shani B today, and it is a sad, sad situation, but we can't help it because she is in the cinema watching movies, so that is a place where we cannot condemn her for doing that. So we're just going to talk about a few upcoming horror classics or classics to be and talking about some films of the past which you guys really enjoy so if you do want to get involved you know how to do it please do i do know it's a quiet night on the airwaves today everyone is watched the antiques roadshow they've had a cup of tea and they're heading to bed but i'm not i'm here i'm here to listen i'm listening to you so we have uh, a new trailer for an upcoming horror movie about christmas now we don't have many horror movies about christmas we do have the great um you know classics silent night deadly night um they're you know they're set at christmas but they're the slasher films you know you've got black christmas which you could say started the whole slasher genre without black christmas i don't think we would have got films like friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, leading on, of course, to the classics of Sleepaway Camp. And that's not a classic. Uh, if you are a regular here at Shock Curry, you will know that I hate Sleepaway Camp. But, um, of course, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, Cherry Falls, Valentine, all those 90s classics would not exist if it wasn't for the great black christmas so we'll be talking about that um you know around november time is the time when we start to think about what are us horror fans going to be watching at christmas and when halloween is over it's a very depressing time we've gone through that whole month of excitement 
and you know watching horror movies and getting our friends to watch them it's around like that time that it is almost acceptable to get your best friend who hates horror movies to watch something or your mother to watch midsummer or hereditary which is probably not the best thing to do to get your parents to watch those movies if they have a nervous disposition or a heart condition so let's not do that please guys so i have seen some fantastic horror movies recently and if you go back and listen to the shock horror podcast i've probably reviewed most of them with shani b um halloween ends some of you may think that it was a load of halloween pumpkin poo but i did quite enjoy that film as you know from the review and then we had barbarian which is just to me a phenomenal piece of work really really good um really twisty very in-depth with its point of view about hollywood and about the dispossessed and about people of color and about the way we see each other as genders uh, it's it's a very very deep movie some people don't like it and i'm not entirely sure what their problem is but i'll meet them in the car park after so of course pearl as well does the the prequel to ty west's x um if you're a fan of x and you haven't seen pearl yet well i'm not surprised if you're in the uk it has not had a cinema release here which is an it's unbelievable i cannot believe it it has not yet been released at the cinema there is so many cinema chains in the uk that could have shown pearl and have yet to do so i know that it had a fright fest showing although i, I think it did i mean there's some dispute about that some people were saying they saw it at fright fest and some saying that it didn't play i'm not quite sure it's become a bit of an urban legend excuse the pun um but if you can see pearl please do it is amazing and mia goth if she's not nominated for something i mean i will take no less than a, a, a best actress at the oscars for her performance in pearl because she is fantastic and spot on and she honestly deserves everything that she can get what else have we seen um oh what was that one oh well in america it's called pray for the devil but here it's called um oh i can't remember what it's called here in the uk something ridiculous but pray for the devil is the title in the states so most of you will know it from that mm, i we me and shani b haven't reviewed it yet we wanted to give it a couple of weeks for it to sort of settle in but it is pretty generic it takes a lot from films like the exorcism of emily rose and of course the exorcist it does kind of just sort of cherry pick those exorcism gems from those movies and puts them into a blender presses and then spurts out a movie although i will say the central performance um is pretty damn good i'm gonna find out who that young lady is in a moment but i do think as well what that film suffers is we are increasingly in this especially in the this country in the uk not so much in america but definitely in this country becoming less and less religious so 
I think that people are starting to not find religious horror as scary as they did back in the day, which is, you know, I understand that. I think that it can be done really well if, if something like The Witch, which has lots of religious elements to it, but also is very scary because it it goes into our human psyche. Whereas I think what Pray for the Devil did, it kept it so on the side of religion that if you're not a religious person, then you just found it a laugh fest. And I'm not religious. And I must admit, some of the the dialogue and the way that it was pieced together and the visuals just didn't do it for me. It wasn't scary because I, because I don't believe in that. And I know that some people might say, well, do you believe in the Babadook? And yes, I do. The Babadook is terrifying. And actually, I saw a man walk past me today on the South Bank in London who looked like the Babadook. He was about six foot eight, black glasses, black tall hat and a black suit. And when he walked past, I was like, oh, my God, that is the Babadook. Um, so if you're if you're listening, Babadook, um, nice to see you, mate. You're looking good. So, pray. oh, the devil, oh no, so my mistake, in the UK it's called Pray for the Devil, in America it's called The Devil's Light. Who comes up with these, honestly? A nun prepares to perform an exorcism and comes face to face with a demonic force with mysterious ties to her past, like every other movie about demonic possession ever made. Thank you very much. Um, Jacqueline Briers plays Sister Anne. And I'm not going to lie to you, I really did like her performance. And she's she's stunning. She is stunning in this film. She actually holds the film together. And I think what she did was she made a, the character of a nun accessible. Which, if you go back through history and you watch films with nuns, they're pretty, you know, apart from Sister Act, of course, pretty, you know, sort of stubborn and, and one sort of one-minded and you know just not very diverse characters um i'm excluding of course called the midwife also um but she made her character really accessible and you could really feel for her and she made her a human being which you don't often see uh nuns in films you know obviously there's the film the nun but the nun is a terrifying creature that chases people down corridors and jumps out behind from behind tapestries but um yeah she did a great job and uh, virginia manson's in it which really you know warmed my heart because as you all know the candy man is one of my favorite films and um she is the main protagonist in the first Candyman movie, the one that started it all, which arguably is the best. Although I do think the latest Candyman gives it a run for its money. If you haven't seen the new Candyman, then where the hell have you been? And I and I suggest you catch up immediately. So coming up, we've got the menu. Now I do actually really want to see this film. Um, this film has kind of been drilled into me recently because every time I've been to the cinema and watched any movie over 12A, it has shown the trailer for the menu. And I must have seen the trailer at least 15 times. But they are very sparse with the trailer. They don't put 
too much of what's going on in it, which is a, a surprise, to be honest, because normally they tell you the whole plot of a horror film within the trailer. So we didn't get that. So the menu, a young couple travel to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu and some shocking surprises. Um, yeah, so from what I can gauge from this, it's a comedy horror um, or a horror comedy, whatever way you around you like. But um, Ray Fiennes is playing the head chef in this film. It's got Nicholas Holt in it. It's got Judith Light, one of my favourites. Anya Taylor-Joy, of course. You know, we love a bit of Anya. She is playing also one of the main protagonists in this movie. And from what I can see, it's pretty much about a restaurant where a group of well-off toffs go for a very expensive meal. And to create the ambiance involves them being tortured and chased through the woods. Which, you know, I've seen a lot of Gordon Ramsay's TV shows. It's not far from that. It is like an extended episode of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. But it does look really good and it doesn't give too much away. And I will be seeing it next week, which means, of course, I will be doing a review here on the Shock Horror Podcast talking about the menu. So what have we got coming up after the menu? Well, we've got Bones and All, another trailer that I've been subjected to more than once after my frequent trips to the cinema. And has left a little bit of an icky feeling in my tummy. I'm not going to lie. The trailer for this movie is pretty disturbing. And bones and all, I think you can pretty much get what that is referring to. It is a film about cannibalism. Now, we haven't had a good cannibal film for a while, have we? Maybe since Hannibal or Hannibal Rising. Or if you want to go a little bit more recent, I suppose you could say the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix had a little bit of cannibalism, seeing Leatherface likes to um, to fire up the barbecue on more than one occasion, not even just in the summer, naughty boy. So um, this looks like a very art house movie, very indie but then you look at the cast and you think, well, OK, this this is an indie movie, but they've really gone high calibre. So you've got Taylor Russell as Maureen. You've got Timothy Charlemagne playing Lee. But for me, the, the cherry on the icing on the cake is Mark Rylance. I absolutely adore that man. Uh, the Phantom of the, oh, what was it called? The Golf Film, which um, was genius. It was, oh, Phantom of the Open, of course. Duh. Um, great. His last film I saw, which was fantastic. And then I saw him recently in Jerusalem in the West End. And then going even further back, my first, one of my first theatre experiences was going to see The Twelfth Night at Shakespeare Globe. And he was in that um, playing a female character. And it was a performance to die for. So Mark Rylance, of course, also known for films um, like the BFG and Ready Player One and the Spielberg one on the bridge. Bridge of Spies, that's the one. Um, yeah, so a real coup to get someone like 
him into a mainstream horror movie i would probably say he's the biggest name that we've had in a horror movie this year fight me on it fight me in the car park if you do not believe what i am saying right now so then after that we've got upcoming we've got megan spelt m3 g-a-n m3 g-a-n if you haven't seen the trailer it's a little bit of a cross between annabelle and that more recent remake of child's play which is an utter abomination i'm sure you all agree but the reason why i am really really excited is that this even though it's directed by gerald johnston it is written the story was created and it was written by james wan who if you don't know who he is he created um, the insidious franchise the conjuring franchise and of course um films like dead silence as well and he wrote saw the original saw you know the good one the, the only one that anyone ever should watch he wrote that one and he's directed a lot of fast and furious films but yeah blah 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 we won't talk about that um so yeah written by james wan so there must be quite a strong horror element in this movie because he wouldn't write this unless he wanted to do something or say something really loud and proud which he is fantastic at doing i mean one of the best film experiences i've had over the last probably i'd probably say five years was watching malignant at the cinema and if you haven't seen malignant came out last year james wan um fantastic twist a holic movie it was just absolutely chock-a-block with gasp out loud moments i was literally having to lift my jaw off the floor during that film it is such a bizarre thrill ride malignant and um some of you might remember from 2019 uh, we had a regular host on here, Hannah, and I went and saw Malignant with Hannah, and she was just going wild about it. I think she saw it about five times. I think she took everybody she knew. I think she took her neighbour. She doesn't even know her neighbours. But yes. So, one of the films I'm really looking forward to that's coming up and there hasn't been much talk about it and i'm very concerned about this because as you know and we have spoken about this before when a film is going to get released quite soon but there has been no publicity or buzz around it at all that usually means that the studios have kind of fallen out of love with the production which is sad but it's even more sad when that production is Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Now, this is meant to be coming out in April. We've had nothing. We've had zero, well, we've had a couple of casting sort of announcements, but we've had no poster, we've had no trailer, and we've had no information. So, 
if anyone out there is listening who is involved at all with the new Salem's Lot, then please do get in touch and tell us what's happening because this has been in post-production for over a year and we're, we're, we're hearing that it's going to be released in April, but we have got nothing. We're, we're hearing nothing. So maybe they just want to keep us, you know, in the dark. Um, or they just have lost faith in it. Stephen King adaptations over the last couple of years have kind of been hit and miss, especially on the TV. So The Outsider, a couple of years ago, fantastic. Doctor Sleep, I personally love Doctor Sleep, but I know a lot of you out there have issues with it. And that's fine. That's your, that's your prerogative. And then you have things like Gerald's Game, okay, uh, 1922 fine in the tall grass okay um obviously it did very well at the cinema salem's lot is a classic and was made many years ago as a tv miniseries which is much loved so they have a huge huge shoes to fill with this production and if they have lost confidence in it and they're not giving us that information, I'm scared. I'm screwed. Okay. So please, if you're listening, get on Twitter, have a look, see if you can find out what the hell is happening with Salem's Lot. Because we need to know here. Because we need to talk about it. Because it's it's potentially the most exciting horror movie of next year. So get screaming from the rooftops people so i'm just looking at upcoming projects from james wan here actually and we've got the crooked man which we know has been cancelled the tommy knockers another stephen king adaptation which we know has been put into the bottom drawer and then we have the nun 2 which is in pre-production. We know that is going ahead and that is going to happen in 2023. So that's going to be the latter year, the latter end of the year, I think. Saw 10. Yes. Saw 10 is happening. Um, James Wan is producing that and that is probably going to be coming out around Halloween, I think. And then we have Insidious 5, which I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I am really looking forward to Insidious 5. Insidious 5 I am a huge love lover of the Insidious franchise and Insidious 5 is going to be immense and I'll tell you for why because it's directed by Patrick Wilson the original star and is starring Rose Brine and Patrick Wilson so the basically the entire cast from the original movie are, are back for this installment of Insidious so the the Lambert's 10 years after the last instalment as Dalton begins college. So Dalton is going to college. So what's going to happen? It's going to be Dalton at college. There's going to be, he's going to be going off into the further, bringing the ghosts out. And it's going to be a bit like Ghoulies go to college or um, urban legend. That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be loads of college kids just getting the freak, the fudge out by these terrifying specters. And I can't wait. I apologise, that was a little bit aggressive. 
But yeah, that seems to be what will be coming out very, very soon. And we're, of course, going to be talking about all of these on the Shock Horror Podcast. And I can't wait. Just had another one pop up. The Pale Blue Eyes. I've not seen this. Let's discover this film together, shall we? The Pale Blue Eyes, directed by Scott Cooper, starring Christian... Oh, my goodness. What a cast. Christian Bale, Gillian Anderson, Harry Melling. This could possibly be one of my favourite films. The Pale Blue Eyes. Here we go. A world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Smithed by the candidate's code of silence, he enlists one of his, of their own to help unravel the case. A young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. Okay, so it's an Edgar Allan Poe story. It's a bit of a genesis. And I've just watched a little bit of the trailer and the Netflix logo's popped up. So this is going to go to Netflix. Of course it is. Of course it is. But yeah, that's good. The Pale Blue Eyes. Uh, a, an origin story for Edgar Allan Poe, the the Marvel superhero that time forgot. We have a message. Who is this? Hi, Freddie. Are you excited? Are you excited for the new Monsters film? Am I excited for the Monsters film? Now I have to tell you, Freddie. I've seen the Monsters film, directed by weirdly. Uh, Rob Zombie, I couldn't even get it out then. I actually choked on the words. Rob Zombie. Uh, Rob Zombie, known, of course, for his more graphic and gross-style um, filmmaking segments. Um, yeah, not really known for subtlety. And I would definitely say that he hasn't learned subtlety when it came to The Monsters. The Monsters um, movie was very low-budget, you could tell it was a project of passion from Rob Zombie. But the the issue with it is, is that when you give someone like Rob's, Rob Zombie carte blanche to do whatever he wants to do, he will, he will take that instruction and run with it. But the thing with the monsters, it's a family orientated production and should be that, but it's not. It's chaotic. It's all over the place. It is very, very strange. And because of that, it's not actually that enjoyable and didn't do very well. And I can completely understand why it didn't. But I would say check it out because, you know, my opinion is just my opinion. You might find it the best film you've seen all year. But I went, I went with it completely with, you know the mindset of wanting to enjoy the movie but unfortunately it was very hard to do i was checking my watch on multiple occasions but yeah do give it a watch it's an interesting experiment if anything to see rob zombie trying to tone himself down which if you remember in 2007 rob zombie remade halloween and then went on to make halloween 2 which i think is probably the oddest movie in the entirety of the horror genre um so to see him try and do something a little bit more restrained is an interesting experiment but it's an experiment unfortunately that didn't work for me for me but please do go and try it out 
So, yeah. Hello, everyone who was listening. and Thank you very much. Our time is up. As you know, these episodes are only uh, timed for 45 minutes so that you guys can listen to it and not feel like you've lived this podcast for a thousand years. Plus, who wants to listen to just me, eh? But don't worry, Shani B, Shani B will be back with me next time, of course. And we've got lots of exciting projects coming up. The latest episode of the Shock Horror Podcast is released today, I believe. I think it's released today. I'm not in charge of the release schedule, but it should be. And it's going to be me and Shani B talking about the Evil Dead trilogy. So if you are into that then please go to spotify or apple podcasts and search shock horror podcast and you will find us there talking about the evil dead trilogy thank you for everyone that's popped in uh to say hello and let's listen to this message what up keith uh my favorite scary movie is the wedding singer actually let me let me put a give a real answer Yeah, that movie is pretty horrific. I agree with you. The scariest movie of The Wedding Singer. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back very soon here on the Shock Horror Podcast.